Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like I say to everyone, like, there's so many different ways you can experience Dubai. Like, if you don't come to Dubai and adjust to, like, actually live like a normal person, and what I mean by that is having your foundations that you would have at home, like, a good, a good, a good foundation of friends around you, a community, routine, structure. There was a few mistakes throughout the journey, which I'm so happy I made now in hindsight, but at the time felt like hell, which led us to close. And I was never the sheep, but at the same time, I was still quite influenced because I, 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 would, I would do better than my surroundings but I would never hit my potential because of where I was until I kind of left that environment. I ended up getting fired from the first job because even though I was working in the marketing sector and I was learning sales, I just was, my head wasn't there because all I wanted to do was do what I wanted to do. I'd learned so much from all of the people I worked for. And then I got to, so I went from junior to senior and then top boy in that company. And then I'm next to the manager and the owner and the director all the time. Cut the crap is basically about, like you said, people making business and, and success. And even this life seem like can only go one way if you do this, or if you do this, it's just so easy. Like, oh my God, just everyone become an entrepreneur. It's the best thing ever. Let's just all do it cut the crap because that's not true and to make it real for you bro going through rap city i hit depression I, my my health i started having health issues welcome to the takeoff experience where i sit down with highly driven people to talk about their journey their failures and their successes if you want to take off in your career your business your finances or your mindset then this podcast is for you welcome back to the takeoff experience so yeah we're doing a little bit of a different one because the guest that I'm going to introduce you to is in Dubai. How are you doing today, Trist? I'm all good, my brother, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Thanks no, for reaching out. No, no, definitely. I've been, you know what's crazy? I've been following your content for like, I think when I first started, I've been following Grow Daily for a while and it, it was motivated for me. You know what's funny? I don't know if you're going to remember this, but you actually took a snippet of one of my tweets is on the page. You, oh, if you go real? back, you'll see it there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was, you know what? I was actually gassed by that because I'm like, rah, like a page that I'm following that I look up to um, is reposting my stuff. So yeah, man. It's, what was the tweet? What did you say? It was about the stock market going down. So I was talking, I was talking about like just being patient and just, oh, okay. just keep on averaging down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I feel like this is like a full circle moment for me because now I'm doing the podcast. I get to like, interview you. Um, so you're out in Dubai at the moment, right? Um, when, when did you move to Dubai? Um, I've been there for two years now. So I moved in September 2020, mid, like middle of lockdown, basically. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you, so that, that nice apartment I've seen, that was in Dubai? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so probably, yeah. When, when? 
It must have been 2020. Yeah, yeah, that's when I first moved to it. That was my first place, yeah. Oh, mad. Okay, that's crazy, man. And how's life down there? Oh, bro, amazing, man. I can only be grateful. Like, it's been, obviously, it's been a, it's been a, a very interesting journey. This is, like, the first platform that I've spoke out on probably since Locke being in the UK. To, to be fair, I think probably the first other podcast I've spoke on since being in Dubai. Because obviously when I was in the when I was in the UK I was quite busy on all the platforms and whatnot, um, and then I just started focusing on my own content when I come here. So yeah, no, it's been good. I mean, at the moment, like I'm grateful. I'm in a good place, and um, everything is kind of finally how I planned it to be and getting towards my plan. But yeah. throughout the journey, it's definitely been a lot of roller coasters, extreme highs, extreme lows, which has kind of blessed me to be in a position now to come back with content that is just like taking their heads off because I've really yeah. I've seen the, the highest highs and the lowest lows do you know what I mean so now yeah, it's been yeah. good man definitely a decision that I'm happy that I made and a place that I'm happy I relocated to because there's just so much opportunity I love living here the people are, are all on a, a similar mission of some kind um, mm. and even down to just the narrative of Dubai that's put out there like I'm glad you even asked about Dubai because I, I, I don't really go in line with a lot of the Twitter narratives and the stereotypes and the rapper feuds and all this kind of stuff because there's a whole another side of Dubai that the internet just don't even know exists so we're, yeah, we're, we're yeah. going to show them the truth do you get what I mean yeah 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 because you're right all I ever see these days about Dubai is like fights happening there it's becoming like the new Ibiza or something like that it's lo- I, I don't, not saying that it's losing its prestige but it just seemed like anybody is going in there maybe maybe tarnishing it a little bit yeah I mean that's that's the narrative they're putting out there um, yeah but like I say to everyone, like, there's so many different ways you can experience Dubai. Like, if you yeah. don't come to Dubai and adjust to, like, actually live like a normal person, and what I mean by that is having your foundations that you would have at home, like, a good, yeah. a good, a good foundation of friends around you, a community, routine, structure, then you can easily get to the other side of Dubai, which I've experienced both sides, which is, like, lit life, and there's beef, and this, that, and that. But, but one thing I will make clear is... If we're comparing it to like what we think we are, it, it's nowhere near, man. Very rarely there's fights. It, it definitely doesn't go to the extremities. There was a few issues that were on social media, but I wouldn't use that as a judgment of Dubai because I have an experience of Dubai that is totally different. I have a community of entrepreneurs, business owners, nine to fivers, families that are here, people that are in relationships. Like, and when I say all these things, people are like, "Where in Dubai?" Like, yes, in Dubai. <laughs> like, my fam- my friendship unit. Most of them are in healthy relationships. Most of them are business owners. So I can't relate to this social media narrative. And I, and I kind of, yeah. I wish people would look further when they came here. But yeah. I, think it, I think what you get from here is based on who you are. So if you yeah. come here with the intention to build, create, network, like grow your brand, grow your business, then you'll find that. If you come here yeah. to just live a luxurious lifestyle... I remember a lot of people aren't necessarily used to a luxurious lifestyle previously, but they come here and they experience one, then you might get lost in the source. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man, you know what? Yeah, Dubai is just one of those places that it, it intrigues me because, I, like like you said, I feel like there's another side to it where, like, you can connect with entrepreneurs, you can connect with like-minded people, and it kind of puts you in the position where you're just looking forward and and you're motivated to, to, to get somewhere. But, but there's one thing that you didn't answer, though. Why why did you move to Dubai? 
Oh, so originally, um, so I had a branding agency in the UK called Brand Therapist, mm. yeah? So okay. we came here on a trip. Um, so what I did is I basically did a trip for one of the influencers that we was managing, and we came out here, we created content, but the main purpose was literally a little bit of enjoyment, but also to network. And that was just because we couldn't go anywhere from the UK. It was middle of lockdown. It was hard to yeah. go anywhere. So then when I came out here, um, we ended up getting an inquiry for a company. And the com- uh, so through our agency got an inquiry from another company and they were basically inquiring to utilize on one of the influencers that we managed and get promo through the influencer. So um, in the end, I ended up meeting the client and the client turned out to be an owner of a shisha, well, was going to be, which is now a shisha lounge that is here. But at the time, they were just launching an app. So we ended up connecting and we ended up being from the same place in, in South London. Uh, we ended up kind of being on a similar mission in the sense of he just wanted to build his brand. And I was very brand friendly. Like I've had a lot of experience with him building brands and marketing anyway. Um, and where we were from the same place, we connected. We spoke like, like we, we connected while I was here. And whilst I was out here, the first thing I'll highlight is I got so much done productively. Like this is when I was really in my in my original start of building this Tris Taylor brand. Like I've been online for years, but this is when I started taking it seriously. So I was really in my bag. I was meeting people, I was connecting, I was creating content. I was doing exactly what I came to do. Um, and when I realized how much I got done in Dubai compared to UK, and when I realized how easier the doors open and how quicker people was just on getting things done, I was like, I would love to live here. So anyway, we stayed connected, me and this client. But at the time, it was just some promo that he got from our company. And then we actually became genuine friends. So then when I went back, we was talking like every single day because we're from the same background, same area, etc. And one day he called me and he was just like, bro, I, I want to I turn my app into a lounge just like as a kind of a, a 360 branding. So another way to push my app is I opened a Shisha yeah. lounge because it was a Shisha-based app, yeah, mm-hmm. um, called Shishio, which is in Dubai, by the way, if anyone's visiting. So... Um, yeah, from there, he was just like, bro, like, I want you to help me on it. I want you to help me manage with the influencers and the promo and the marketing side of things. Like, I was like, bro, I'll be down. Like, I also wanted to bring my car wrapping company, Rap City, out here anyway. So I was like, bro, no brainer. UK had obviously, so prior to that, I was always office based, but UK had meant that we couldn't be office based because of lockdown. So I was working from home anyway. So with that opportunity arising and the fact that UK was in lockdown, I was just like, this is just a no-brainer, man. Like, yeah. this is just a no-brainer. So after that, I think about six weeks later, bro, I spoke to my mum. My mum was like, what are you doing here? What are you waiting for? I was off, man. <laughs> I, I packed up shop and I was off, bro. Mad, mad, mad. It's mad that your mum said, what are you waiting for? Yeah, yeah, my mum's like that. Like, she's very like... Oh, it is, man. gets it. She gets it. So she's like, there's opportunities there for you. And she, they also understand, like, the... You know, like, the... Um, the, the parts of London that are downfalls. I love London to bits, but yeah. there's parts that are downfalls, especially when you're aiming for success and you're a bit loud. Like, I came up a bit loud. I was always quite well-networked. And they, they know that I'm safer here. They know it's safe. Yeah. I, I can enjoy my, my journey more. And yeah. Do you get what I mean? So, yeah, she was just mm-hmm. like, what are you waiting for, man? <laughs> yeah, mad, mad. So you said you, you mentioned a couple of things. I remember your company, Rap City. So you said you had to wrap up shop, right? So was that literally closing the business, stopping it? And all like, did you... Rap City closed, not just because I moved. Rap City closed more so because there was so... I mean, we'll get into it, because obviously that's what, we, that's what we, want to, we want to talk about. These are where the gems really are, yeah. realistically, yeah? yeah. Um, so the business obviously started in 2018. And when it started, it was me and my business partner, T.E. Dean who's also a rapper as well. And when it started, um, 
we hit the ground running. It was kind of like an industry which was not really saturated, but I wanted to come in and give it a touch it never had, which was like a quote-unquote urban feel, but a lot mm. of other companies had built reputations with footballers, and at the time, no one had really tapped into the music industry. But I've always had a good network within the music industry. So I thought, you know, there's a gap here. And obviously my business partner being in the music industry as well, it helped. So we started and everything went fine. I think there was a few mistakes throughout the journey, which I'm so happy I made now in hindsight, but at the time felt like hell, which led us to close. And one of, one of those being that we put a lot out. So our expenses were really high, but okay. our, our income wasn't necessarily as high. It was at the beginning, but then when lockdown came, people didn't want to leave their houses. And on top of that, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It, like the extra, the, the um, additional cash, surplus cash, should I say, for people to do things like wrap their car wasn't priority anymore. So the industry felt it. But we wasn't strong enough at that time to withstand that. If we had been going for more years, we may have been. And on top of that, if I was maybe more passionate and, and more resilient and wasn't focused on multiple different things, then I probably would have stuck through the storm. But yeah. because the opportunities arose here, and I always say like that journey is not over, it's just been paused. Because yeah. who knows, in the next two, few years, you might see Rap City Dubai, and then it will be like, yeah. we was nothing ever happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, we, we, we come to the point of where when I moved here, lockdown was happening, businesses were closing left, right and centre. To have the expense, we didn't know where it was going. No one knew where the world was going, if we was going to be allowed outside again. So it was just like, you know what? Let's just, let's just pull the plug on that for now. We've never deleted the page or made a big closure or nothing like that. We just pulled the plug and cracked on. And like I say, who knows what the future holds, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like, you know, them stories is almost kind of what defines you, you know. Um, how, how did you feel about it at the time? Like, did you, was it easy for you to let it go? Or, or were you like, you know what, like, no, nah, I'm just... Bro, it was absolute hell. Like, that, that point in my life was extremely stressful because it got to the point of where something I realised I had very much built based on ego and pride. And I built a lot of my personality based on that business. So when it got to the point of having to let it go, it was so hard to make the right decisions. I should have made the decision a lot earlier, but my pride was so focused on, I even changed my brand to be in Trist Rap City, which is something I've learned now in hindsight. It's never necessarily the healthiest because that business might come and go, but your personal brand will probably be forever. So it was hard, bro. It was hard. It, 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 it was a damage to my ego. It was financially a stress until we let it go, and then it wasn't anymore, of course. Um, and it just felt like failure, man. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we, we always, like, kind of pussyfoot around failure. Like, failure feels shit, yeah. doesn't it? Like, you failed. It does. And it, it feels does. shit. But at the same time, you've also made a big hoo-ha about it. You, you've made it huge and then you've turned around and not done it anymore. So, yeah, man, there was that pride, there was that ego. But now, with the growth from that point, I realised that failure's cool, man. Like, like yeah. if it wasn't for that failure, like, no one could sit down and talk about, um, like, building a car up in company like me unless they've done it. Do you get what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's the true. experience. It's, it, it, that, that gives me a whole other set of leverage. I could do a course on that or a a speech on that or whatever it might be so now I don't really have that same feeling to it but at the time it was pain bro man <laughs> yeah yeah I can I can only imagine man to be honest man like how, how that must have felt and I definitely sympathize with you but at the same time it sounds like you're definitely doing better you're stronger for it you're better for it and then you're teaching people these um, lessons but yeah I wanted to like go like background wise just like 
go a little bit deeper into your story like so parents where, where, where are your parents from um caribbean and english so my mum my okay. well really in caribbean but obviously english background my mum's trinidadian and my dad's jamaican okay. Okay, have you been? Have you been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent yeah. a lot of... Do you go often or...? I said, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time growing up in Jamaica and um, mm. Trinidad, I've only been once. Okay. And were you born London or...? Yeah, or yeah, I was born in London, Caribbean? yeah. I was born originally okay. in East London, but my mum relocated to South quite uh, when I was three. Oh, is it? Where was in South, actually? Uh, Lewisham, Catford. Oh, mad, mad. Yeah, yeah, I'm from South. I, I grew up in um, in Camberwell. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. SE5. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, see how you see you and the most because that's how I know you're from South. Yeah, 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 I grew up in yeah, I grew up in Campbell, pretty much that Campbell, Peckham, Elephant area. Okay, so you're from from Lewisham. What was it like for you, like growing up in in Lewisham as a as a young man? Um, I had a very like unique experience because I actually went to private school, but I went in the middle of, of Lewisham. Yeah, I went in the middle of Lewisham, so it was a bit like private school. When I walked out, I was in the ends, but. Um, like in regards to the area or like in regards to like my household just generally yeah just generally. like in regards to the area like it's like it's like everyone's kind of cliche story like obviously technically like I grew up in the hood and it? it's the ends but mm. at the same time like I always I had a really good upbringing like I had mum and dad yeah. and a stepdad like I had a lot of love a lot of guidance like I was always pushed towards doing something and building something and I was always kind of staying yeah. away from the roads, like I had experiences with the roads and I've always been quite like well known in my area so it was hard to fully avoid things but growing up I was always like, I always knew I had to do something, I was never the yeah. sheep but at the same time I was still quite influenced because I, 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 would, I would do better than my surroundings but I would never hit my potential yeah, because potential. of where I was yeah. until I kind of left that environment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's mad. So, so you went private school. I didn't even know there was a private school in Lewisham. Yeah, St Dunstan's College. It's in Catford. Oh, that's crazy. So, okay. My school was like Hogwarts. So, what was that like? Like, did you... I mean, it's hard to compare it to, like, other... Because you didn't do anything else, but, like... Well, no, you, I can't compare it. Was that education? I can't compare it because I went to a state primary school. So, so like, okay. my primary school was where, like, the local... The man them all went. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But then the, the secondary school was like none of the man them was there. So <laughs> so I think um I think going to private school I think it opened my eyes. Like the education wasn't necessarily better, but what it did show me was another another life that I had never seen. Like people that I went to school with, their parents were business owners, and a lot of them came from wealthy backgrounds, and they all none of them came from Lewisham really. Like only my little my group of friends. So that, so I was I was my peers were like from Dulwich and like Richmond and Kingston and do you know what I mean? Like these yeah, areas nice. were like, to, to me, they were like, raw, like what yeah. goes on down there? So like, yeah. yeah, I think, I think it opened my eyes early on, which I think is what actually helped me become a lot more ambitious. Like I always okay. knew there was more than what I was currently experiencing. Do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah. so from that, I think is what kind of always steered me to like go harder, man. Yeah, wow, wow. I always find it interesting, like, if, if like, something like private school, if it helps, because you said it opened your eyes to, did it, do you think, like, it, it gave you a sense of, yeah, I want that? Did, did you yeah, feel like you 100%. That, you like, that? like, don't get me wrong, like, it's a good question what you just said about does it help, because I used to have moments, like, you know, when you're growing up as a little, like, you're a little shit as a teenager, you're ungrateful, <laughs> like, like, it's mad, but when, when I was young, yeah. I didn't want to go there, because I thought it was, quote, unquote, yeah. not cool, to go there yeah. and now as an adult I think what the hell like how amazing that I had that education like do you know what I mean yeah. 
But I feel like, yeah, at the time, when you're actually in it, um, the education isn't any... I wouldn't say the education is any different as in regards to the syllabus and the GCSEs. We're all, we're all studying the same things. There is a better teacher-to-student ratio, which means that you have more attention given to you. But I think yeah. the main thing was seeing affluent lifestyles. Like, everyone around me came from an affluent lifestyle. The majority yeah. of people were middle to upper class. There was a lot of upper class. So that definitely made me realise, like, okay, so I'm going to different parties, I'm in different environments, like, I'm understanding what the, how the other half live, as they say. And I think yeah. that definitely spurred me to think, you know what, I want to be... Like, I want to go for class. I don't just want to go... I don't want to be hood rich. Like, I want to I want to yeah. be classy. I want to I wanna grow as a person all round. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That, like, it's such, it's such a fascinating thing. And um, I was wondering, like, what, what was, like, grades-wise? Were you good? And what was your favourite subject at, at school? Do you know what? Grade-wise, I wasn't good, but I wasn't okay. bad. I mean, my problem was, bro, my whole time in education, I was distracted mm. from secondary all the way up up to up to being a uni dropout and the reason i was distracted is because all i ever wanted to do was what i was passionate about and none of these things felt like my passion so like favorite favorite subjects would have been music because i loved music um and psychology well that's a bit later on but like in regards to secondary school uh music and i kind of like science to be honest like, I like yeah. science. And RE. RE was more like anything to do with, like, religion. And, okay. Do you get what I mean? So that was for me. But GCSEs, I didn't do the best. But at the same time, I got into a good yeah. a good sixth form. So I went to a yeah. good sixth form. A-levels, didn't do the best. I just about got into uni. Mm. But but don't get it twisted. Like, academically, result-wise, yeah. it was poor. But academically, yeah. I was always top of my class. Like always, okay. like I had been put. Okay. I was, I was told I was going to be a head head from a very young age. Like I done the, um, we call it eleven plus in in mm. So it's basically like a one exam you do for all the grammar schools, and I yeah. and I got into all the grammar schools. So I was always all the schools I got into were always high level, but examinations and preparation and revision was never my thing. Yeah, and I think you know, and I think that's not really a reflection on you. It's just more the school system and how they test. They test one way exams, isn't it? Right, that's not really reflective of how smart somebody is, or I mean, because if they were to measure, okay, how far could Tris go in life based on these results, they definitely would have not measured where you've got oh, no, to right oh, no. now, right? Hundred percent, right? Yeah, 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 hundred yeah, percent. So but, but at the same time, what I won't say, mm. what I will say, just a slightly. Mm. I hate when people put this narrative of like, oh, my teacher said I wasn't going to be anything. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, my teachers knew I was going to be something. Like, they just yeah. thought that I was just too distracted and if he doesn't yeah. focus, he won't be something, which is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and there's, you know what? There's nothing actually wrong with that. Again, like, I feel like it's there's nothing wrong with if you're really good at exams and you and you succeed that way. Nothing wrong with that. But I think is we also got to look at the other half is if you if you don't do well at that point, that doesn't define you. That doesn't mean that you can't improve or get better. You know, it's really up to you what you do, right? Like a teacher can't... Yes, a teacher can say, okay, yeah, I think you can, but it's still up to you to deliver deliver what you need to need to do. Um, so you mentioned u- university dropout as well. Like, so what did you study at uni? What happened there? Um, so when I was growing up, originally, all I really cared about was music. Like, that's all I cared about. Sound engineering, art, artistry, DJing, anything, producing, like, whatever it was. All of my media knowledge came from music. So when I went to uni, I went to study sound engineering because I wanted to be a sound engineer. 
But when I was there, I started to realise that my course was very science-based rather than practical. And I already had my, built my own home studio. I was already recording for like the local artists like Fatal Assassins. Just some of the grime artists that were coming up. Yeah. So I had experience and I had worked at Abbey Road Studio. I had done, I had had work experience in these kind of platforms. And then what ended up happening was whilst I was in uni, like I used to, so I had joined a team, basically an entertainment company when I was about 17. And I became a DJ in the UK funky industry. So I was touring um, with this company, but I was also in university. So whilst I was in university, I, I was in Birmingham. I went to Birmingham City University. And I just wasn't focused on class because I saw so many opportunities in the city, which is ironically, maybe 10 years later, the same thing I've done in Dubai. I just saw so many opportunities. So I started to get to work. So I started to DJ. I started to get myself residency. I became um, a DJ every Wednesday on their local radio. I then also put a night on and I started putting nights on. And then I started getting into the uni circuit and I started touring all the unis and DJing at all the unis. Right. So I'm meant to be in class. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm, <laughs> last night I was in Leicester shutting it down with cold steps. That's but crazy. It, it, it was too distracting for me. And then I dropped out of Birmingham. I came back down to London. My mum was like, you're doing something because you're not going to sit here and do nothing. And at the time, you see like the media building a brand, PR, marketing thing. Parents weren't really hearing that back then. Like, yeah, that's like my mum is very understanding, but it wasn't as like now my mum's on Instagram. She put her own brand. She understands TikTok, this, that, the other, Gary V, all these things. At the time, what are you doing? Like, what are you dropping out for? And yeah. even though I could see something, I didn't know what I could see because I was a part of, like, I'm, I'm 31, so I'm a part of that generation where we kind of opened all the doors that are now our doors. We were we were the generation. So yeah, I was figuring it out, and I don't think that gave her much confidence. So then I went to London Met for a few months, and I'd done events and brand management, and I just thought, you know what, this ain't for me. And then, yeah, the story, mm. story continues, man mad mad that's crazy so so you left uni midway and then the first business did you say was events and brand management yeah so at this time i left uni and i started my own pr agency called new money pr and at the time um i was managing a uk funky artist who's who's one of our closest friends um big man zest at the time hmm. so then we started working with like adidas trap star this that and the other and then i got to a point where realizing that I wanted to start a business as a marketing, basically marketing, but I thought more PR at the time, but I never had the funds. So then it got to the point where I would do three months of progress and then be three months grinding, three months. And I just couldn't figure out how to get this balance of how do I start this business? Do I stop for a year and just make money? Do I do it at the same time? I couldn't figure it out. So I ended up getting a job. I ended up getting a job with um, a marketing company called Haymarket, which they're one of the biggest basically publishing agencies in the UK. Um, so I tried the nine to five thing. And again, whilst I was in work, I kept building my own project. Like I, I just, everywhere I would go, I would build my own project. I'd be in class, building my own project, talking to graphic designers, building a team, utilizing on my Twitter following and this, that and the other, and just trying to build, build, build. So I ended up, I ended up getting fired from the first job because even though I was working in the marketing sector and I was learning sales, I just was, my head wasn't there because all I wanted to do was do what I wanted to do. Like my goal has always been to like 
run my own shit, build my own empire. Like, do you get what I mean? So I was distracted from there. And then where it kind of all took a positive turn was after that, I had a good friend who was, um, he was working in commodity sales. So he, at the time, this is like the, this is like the era of when, I don't know if this was every part of the city, but in South London, there was an era where like wine broken and selling wine was huge. Like, but it was only huge within kind of like the quote unquote, the white sector, like the, like black guys didn't really know about it. It was just a lot of white boys, like doing well, suits and that, working in the city, giving it large, do you know what I mean? Proper wall for Wall Street. Um, and one of my friends ended up doing really well in it. And like at the age of like 21, he kept like, he was driving Aston Martin and he was just like, Tris, like you're, like you're in a point where you're wasting your, your life. Like you've got so much potential. You've done sold out events. You've done this, you've done that, but you're not utilizing on what you have like from a quote unquote local level to like how you can make real money out of that. So he ended up um, getting me a job interview for a job role and it was a sales role and the sales role was very much like the Wolf of Wall Street vibe. Yeah, minus obviously like, minus a lot of the negativity, but still some of the lifestyle was obviously incorporated in it, yeah. Um, and I got into that industry. So I got into that industry and that was where it just all went like, from there, the only way was up, realistically. Like, that's where I learned mindset, really. That's where I started understanding personal development. I started setting goals. Um, I made my first 100,000 pound in, like, when I was, like, 21. So after that, it was like, all right, the world is my oyster. Like, what do I want to do? What do I want to go? Like, anything I had as ideas before to build, now's the time because now I'm accumulating money and my lifestyle has started changing. Quite young as well, like, 21, 22, 23, we're, like heavily amongst multi-millionaires and a luxurious lifestyle and we've we've got things that 21 and well nowadays is quite common but at the time that wasn't common do you know what I mean that there wasn't rappers with all this stuff and there wasn't there wasn't many things for us to see like this coming from the backgrounds we came from Um, and the blessing was I went through that door with all of my friends like four of my friends and we all ended up doing really well for ourselves individually and that's kind of, that was the start of like Grow Daily and the way that I think and the mindset and just everything I am today started in those offices, 2012, 21 years old. Okay, wow. That's such an epic, epic story. And I think you see like when friends do things for you and they do things for you that help you grow. That friend, I'm, I'm sure you probably thanked that friend and said, yeah, man, you, you, you helped help me to level up. That's my, that's my brother for life. Like we haven't spoken in a while. But that's my brother for life because he opened the door for me that changed my life forever, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a madness. And um, so, so you started at that company. What? At what point did you get into like business? So, so I was working in I was working in that industry from about two thousand and thirteen, two thousand and twelve, and I was twenty one. So up until twenty six, same industry. I decided that I could do this myself now. So rather, I'd learned so much from all of the people I worked for. And then I got to, so I went from junior to senior and then top boy in that company. And then I'm next to the manager and the owner and the director all the time. And then I went on to start, basically from from that position, I went on to start opening my own sales academies and start training people's sales myself and started to to use that industry to pivot into others. My first step from there was Rap City. So after that, obviously after accumulating, 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 I then went into Rap City. So technically my first business was before that because in the meantime, something that I've missed out was I, I started um, a cleaning company 
in 2014. That lasted about a year, closed that down, didn't work. I was too, again, I was in the office focused on sales and trying to do that at the same time. Didn't have a team for it. Then obviously Grow Daily, which never really started as a business, but realistically has turned into a business. That was 2017. And then in 2018, um, I started Rap City. That's when I invested into Rap City. And then that's when we started to build the personal brand. And I started to step out of my comfort zone and like speak more publicly and just kind of spread the Grow Daily. The mission for Grow Daily was to basically give all the gems that I have learned and accumulated and all the people that I've learned from content wise in one place. So you can go to this one platform and you can soak in so much value and knowledge and game so you can realise that if you actually do work on your mindset, the rest of your life will follow. And that's that's all we wanted to do. And that was where it started. Yeah. Wow. And so it sounds like you you, you did um, a lot of businesses and now you've got Tyra Creative, right? Yeah, Tyra Creative. So that, so in, in Dubai, um, it's obviously it's Dubai-based, hence why I'm here, but obviously we cover every country globally. Um, creative agency marketing and branding as well and also concept creation so to obviously elaborate on that a bit further um, in regards to I'd say a large percentage of the venues in Dubai nightclubs food and beverage restaurants are usually designed or branded or marketed by my business partner who's Tara Shakil who owns Tara Creative and when I got here is obviously when I got involved so I didn't start that business it was already started and then I obviously joined as a creative director and that's where we're here now this is the office we're in right now Okay, mad, mad. And so, okay, so what's your what's your role in it then? Creative director. So, so over the years, what I found. So, to give you a bit of a background of how that happened, as I said, when I was in the UK, I started brand therapist in two thousand and nineteen. That was um, me just putting. I've always, if you if you notice along this journey, I've always been creating some form of brand, some form of concept. Like and and I started to do a lot for other brands as well, but just as friends because a lot of my peers were owning businesses and starting brands. So I started Brand Therapist in 2019 to have a one-stop agency that you come to and whether it be a business idea, brand idea, product idea, whatever it is, we can design it, help you create it, we can give you consultancy and we can take the idea from nothing to something. But this was always me because going back to New Money PR, that's exactly what we used to do. You bring your idea to us and we take it to the next level. So when I moved to Dubai, my main focus was obviously Rap City originally and Shishio, but then I ended up meeting my business partner and who's Tyra who obviously runs the agency. So what I found is that I started working with her pretty much as a client because she was doing the branding and marketing for my own stuff, but we was in essence trying to achieve the same thing. So what she was doing with Tara Creative and what I wanted to do with Brand Therapy, she was further ahead, but my goal was to do the same thing. But it didn't make sense, and this is something that I think people could learn from, like, it didn't make sense us both trying to be our own, we could have just teamed up, rather than me trying to carry on. And the way I saw it was, this is someone that I, I got very close with, became my best friend, and we, was always, we also opened other businesses in Dubai. So it got to a point where I thought, you know what? Why am I going to still continue building mine? I'm only a year old. She's about 10 years experience in the industry. Got a massive network and following. People, like, she's the go-to in Dubai anyway. Why do that? Rather than think smart, let me take my energy back from that and put it all towards this. So even though, yes, this is her, her company and her baby and her brand that she's built, there's no pride and ego from me because I've got the level of experience I've got the network. I know that I know what I can offer to this because I've done this for how many years. So 
it was just, it was a no-brainer, man. Like, I think one day I just said to her, do you know what, I'm going to close down Brown Therapist. And I think we, as people, like, we fear closing things down. Like, in, like in this conversation, you've heard me say about three or four companies that are closed down. Yes, man, I closed businesses down, man, cut the crap. Like, it's fine, it's fine to close things down, do you know what I mean? It's fine to, to get to a point where you realise this is not serving you correctly or you're not serving it correctly. And maybe you need... Uh, another team or maybe you need a, a business partner or maybe you need a different angle or attack it differently and I felt that everything I was doing was fine but I, I, I heavily invested into her like everything she had I thought this can do amazing things and it already was doing amazing things so it just made sense and then yeah we just ended up joining forces and here we are so so to elaborate on the role in regards to creative directory so it's pretty much what I do in every one of my brands and businesses now so say for example we have a campaign we might have um, a, a client we've given a brief and the brief might be to come up with a new concept or a new night on a Sunday night or a new idea for this venue I would be in the way in this hair the studio we call it here um, I would be here with her creating this so when it comes to Photoshop and actually creating that has never been my field actually executing never been my field actual design never been my field but when it comes to the ideas and the concepts and the brands and the taglines and the names and the way we can actually market this that's where i thrive so that's the role i've taken and obviously she's um yeah she's together we're creating a, a, a massive empire here man and dominating dubai with it man love that love that and I, I wish you good luck with that so i was wondering like what's been the transition like been for you to dubai like on a personal level as well have you have you, have you, like, did you get used to it very quickly? Was it like, oh, this is tough, man, to live out here. The culture's a little bit different. Do you know what, bro, yeah? I think every, everything that you've, that you asked me, I always end up saying I had a very unique experience because my experience is very often not like the majority of people that do these things. So moving to Dubai for me was different to like anyone who would probably just follow me and maybe not remember the blessing that I have and something I've worked very hard for for many years is I have an amazing network I have an amazing brand and I've worked hard to keep a good reputation amongst business and brand owners so wherever I go in the world like God's blessed me where I'm able to kind of find my feet just starting off with my network skills so when I came here I already knew Tyra who's obviously my business partner now and um, and obviously the owner of Shishio as well so two prominent figures was a good start for me. Um, personally, when I first came here, I went through a lot of financial struggles because I was trying to maintain a lot of the UK stuff whilst I was here. And I also just made a lot of dumb decisions, bro, to be honest. Like like you said, the crib that you first saw when I first moved here, like, I didn't need this crib. Like, I didn't need this. I didn't need to have a Rolls Royce when I first moved here. Yeah. I didn't need to move straight into a penthouse. I've just moved yeah. into Dubai. Like, so I think... Was it easy? Definitely not. But I was blessed because... I was blessed because I have the network. But let me not even say I was blessed because it was fucking hard, man. Like, it's just that I have a certain mindset. And my mindset is I'm not giving up. Like, I wasn't coming back to the UK until I've hit certain goals. And I haven't been back, bro. Like, I haven't been back in yeah. two years. Because <laughs> I'm so stubborn. Like, I'm not coming back. Like, now I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to come back now. In the next few months, I will be, I'll be planning to come back. But yeah. at the beginning, the transition was amazing because so much opportunity i felt like i found my tribe people spoke my language so many entrepreneurs the mindsets like everyone was just go 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 the hard parts were of transitioning were like 
people turned on me back in the UK. A lot of, a lot of like, really? yeah, man. A lot of the foundations I thought I had in the UK that were solid turned out to not be as solid. And that's just more on a personal level, not business, but on a personal level. Business, again, God bless me, my business foundation stayed secure. But personally, yeah, man, like, like, not, bro, I was everyone's friend. I was outside of everyone, man. I was, you could catch me one day at that party and next day I'll be with that person and like, all, all very prominent people. And I think when I, when I was out of sight, I realised that these weren't real pure friendships. These were relevant and clout-based friendships. And at the time, I'm in London, I'm lit. When you're with me, it's lit. We're lit, you look lit, I look lit. It's just all about being lit and looking amazing. And it's just bullshit. I think coming here just made me realise that it's all bullshit, man. <laughs> it's all bullshit. Like This whole concept of just what looks cool and all this shit, it's just bullshit. But I would never have understood that if I didn't move away from it. Because I was caught in it. I was in a bubble. Like I was... I was living like a rapper some of the times. I didn't need to live like that. But it, it was just that I was in the... I was in it. Do you know what I mean? I was in that bubble. And and coming here, I think the transition, it was hard, but it was needed. That's the best way to say it. That's crazy, man. Like, you know what? You know what's so surprising about that is the fact that you said that, like, you know, you realise that some of the relationships were, like, clout-type relationships. And I, I definitely understand um, what you mean. I feel like even at university... I would say a lot of people would have experienced that and a lot of people that they would have been quote-unquote friends with at uni, they're probably not friends with them now because it was all based on, oh, let's go out at night, let's, let's just drink. And that that's all it was It was based on, man. Um, did, were there any surprises for you from some people? Were you surprised? Like, wow, like, so what, I'm going to go and cheat my dreams in Dubai and you just, you just ghost me? 1,000%, bro. Like, in my time of coming here, I got done over, like, in some way, shape or form, whether it's business or personal, by so many people that I thought were my guys. But like I said, you see when you're in that bubble and you've got so much that people can use on a day-to-day basis, like that just, they can use you and have access to you on a day-to-day basis, then you're kept on side. But when you're now no longer useful and you may even go to the next level and you might actually leave us behind, we're going to try and clip at your heels and try to get the last bits we can get from you because you're gone. Remember, like, see social media and the internet, it always looks, I say this to my friend all the time, you always look richer than you are, always. Doesn't matter what level you're at, you look richer than you are. So, me moving to Dubai was like, whoa, like, my man's gone, like, yo, like. So, I think for some people, I think they kind of saw it as like, he ain't probably coming back, let me try and get something from this. And I think, yeah, a lot of people shocked me, man. Let's put it that way. <laughs> a lot of people shocked. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, what's it? What's it? What's it like? Been working in the bio clients. What? What? Do you see any difference between them there and and London? Hundred percent. Like in the bio, um, there's pluses and minuses. So, like in our industry, for example, little things that don't really happen much in the UK is even like. Um, like pay something so small like clients paying in the UK like the price points are different number one so so for example what you might get a videographer for here in Dubai is very different to UK price wise designers um, motions graphics whatever very different to Dubai price points um, there's a from a creative standpoint 
some of the culture lacks. So why I loved working with Tyra is because even though she's lived in Dubai for a long time, she's originally from UK, so she has a lot of the culture from UK and it comes out in her work. But a lot of the creatives here don't necessarily, yeah? Um, but on the flip side, people pay in the sense of like, people just want to get shit done and you don't get inquiries versus customers. The ratio I'd say is lower here because a lot more converts. Whereas in UK, it's a lot more, remember there's so many more options, it's so saturated. So a man will come and ask you how much a campaign's gonna be to, or how much it will help, will cost for consultancy and go and ask 20 other people as well and probably pick the cheapest. In Dubai, people want the best, not the cheapest. That's a big difference, I would say. Yeah, they want the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was talking with my friend about this on the episode, a couple of episodes back, we were, we were talking about um, in Dubai is a standard of living. Yeah. That, that is a, Do you know what? Like, I, I, I love that you said that because recently, yeah, in the last few months, I've started really becoming appreciative of living here because it took a while for me to build my foundations and I'm settled here now. And something that I was saying is, do you know what I think it is that I love? It's the quality of living. It's the quality of life. And I don't mean the extravagance. I don't mean, oh, just because you've got money. I just mean the quality. I mean things like the convenience, the fact that right now, if I need something, I can probably get it in 20 minutes or I can do this in 10 minutes or everything is just very convenient and the quality of living then goes up because you're, you're less stressed and you don't really realise that until you move to a place like Dubai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the what's the what's the work life balance like? Is it is it mad there? Because I know London can be crazy. Obviously, depending on where you are. Do you mean in the sense of like partying, getting distracted? More like 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 the work culture. Because like okay, where 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 can I use the example? Okay, so in Japan, for for instance, I heard that they work crazy hours. Okay. It it's just work 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 work. Not much play. Right. Is Dubai very similar? No, well, firstly, remember, my experience is going to be from a business owner's point of view rather than like a, a, a clocking in, clocking off. But a lot of my boys would do like real estate and stuff. Dubai is very flexible based on... Dubai is more productivity than longer hours. It, I would say someone in Dubai might disagree with me, but I think it's more about what you get done in those hours. There's so many opportunities to relax, enjoy like live your life, experience things. So I would say there's, I'm not gonna lie, there's a lot of partying, there's a lot of lifestyle, there's a lot of enjoyment. So, yeah. but at the same time, people are, 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 are like kind of pushed to do well in the hours that they do have so they can go and enjoy all of these things that they're surrounded by. Do you get what I mean? Because you want to go, you want to be able to go and sit at the beach club all day, but to do that, you've got to have a good week at work. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%, man. I, and that's the thing. I think sometimes you just got to put in the hours, man. you got to put in the shift for you to get a reward, right? Me, personally, the work-life balance is exactly, like, I can't lie, I, I, I think I work harder here in the sense of, like, okay. because I'm more, I'm more, everything is more comfortable here. So it's like, for example, I can work, I can create content all day from a beach club. So am I going to work more? A hundred percent. Because I'm, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, <laughs> at, I'm, at, I'm at a beach club. Like, I, I've got the sun, I've got a certain energy. So I feel like, like, when it comes to like us, Tara Creative, hours wise, there's no set hours. It's just, remember, we love what we do. So for us, yeah. nothing really feels like that. Like, we're literally a part of like creating the biggest and the most enjoyable brands in this in our city and then we're able to step outside this office and go and experience them so like it's a no-brainer man do you know what i mean yeah 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 that's mad i was wondering like what what kind of challenges have you had though with like tyra creative 
Um, so bear in mind again, I can when I when I speak about it, I must always make it clear, yeah. The big boss lady is Tyra Shapiro. <laughs> yeah? I must always make that clear. What? Because she she might be listening. <laughs> no, not even just from listening. She's in the next room as well. So she probably is. Uh, but but not even just from listening. Do you know what it is from a, from a standpoint of she, when I came here, I was impressed. This was not. I, this is not for the first time in my journey. This is not what Tris built. This was already here. Do you get what I mean? I've come on and I've put the icing on the cake with certain things, but also we're just pushing each other to just get further and further and further and further. She's the creative 24-7. She's glued to this chair, this desk, this office. So, so in regards to the challenges from that side, only she could speak on. But in regards to what I see and since I've come in and got involved, which has obviously been this year, um, I would say, one thing I would definitely say is Im- imitation. Like, Okay. We have set a standard in Dubai across the board in nightclub industry and food and beverage industry for how your brand should look. We also set a standard on how events should go. We also set a standard of quality in your branding and marketing. And that can go without like, loop this if you want to loop this. I'll, I can say that with the whole of my chest. We've done that, yeah? yeah. And as a result of that, there's a lot of imitation. That's been quite frustrating along the way because we carved, we spent hours in there thinking of original and creative concepts. We spent hours working at these things that might just look amazing for you to copy. So that's something. Um, other challenges, like I said, bro, I've I, I got to cut the crap. I came in and it's kind of already, the foundation's built. The, the telephone doesn't stop ringing. Clients are every single day. It doesn't stop because... The reputation's already been built. She already built a brand in this place. That means that she's the go-to. So me coming in and adding creativity towards clients that are already there and already generated, it's easy. Do you get what I mean? That hasn't been, there's been no friction in that. So I can't sit here and say, no, do you know what? This has been hard. She could probably sit and talk to you about what was hard in regards to, like she transitioned from an agency that she worked with to creating her own business. That was obviously quite hard. And, building her own clientele because a lot of her work was credited to her previous agency. So we're around Dubai and we're seeing big brands that were designed by her, but they were designed by her in her own agency, in her old agency. So now obviously building her own thing has obviously been a transition. But no, other than that, bro, I, I, I think because our work speaks for itself and the results speak for itself, I can't sit here and say, oh, this has been hard, that's been hard. Just keep going, man. Keep going. Yeah, love that. Love that. Love that. Keep yeah, keep going. So, what, what would you say makes a, a good brand? Ah, uh, yeah, now you're talking my language. Now you're talking my language. Um, the reason I want to think before I say it because I think nowadays everyone throws answers out to this way too quickly, and yeah. and I don't like the narratives that are out there. Firstly, identity. Yeah understanding what identity you're creating, your tone of voice, how you're communicating to your audience, like how is your message being given across. Don't get me wrong, the way you do it is marketing, but the brand still has a tone of voice. And that tone of voice can come through based on colours, can come through based on communication, it can be based on textiles. So that's important. Um, Consistency. You're not going to build a brand successfully if you're not consistent. And that means repetition. That means people consistently seeing it, being aware of it. And also making sure that you stick to what you've set out. So if your brand has been built a certain way, stay on brand. 
that's what you've got to stick to. That's your guideline. That's your template. It's your blueprint. So you've got to stick to that. Whereas a lot of people will start building a brand and change it a thousand different times. So there's not actually... A brand has got to be a feeling. There's got to be something you just experience. You know that something is a Starbucks coffee or Nike trainers because there's a feeling to it. It's an experience. And that brand begins through the beginning of the process. So that might, so your Nike experience is when you walk in the store, it's the bags, it's the, might be the style of the receipt, it might be the style of the box, and then on top of that, how they've put the laces, how they've bagged the trainers. Same thing with Starbucks, your brand is also your experience when you go in there. Whereas a lot of people, they just literally think, let me create a page, and now I have a brand. Let me put the title of what my concept is, and now I have a brand. But what does your brand feel like? What is it? What do people get from that? Like, what do you stand for? What's your message? These are things that I think people are, are, are missing out on a lot. And this is why I'm on a mission to cut the crap. Because people, are, they're, they're, they're going, they think what they're doing is I'm building a brand. Because it now is cool to say I'm building a brand. It, brand is such a common word now. So everyone wants to be able to say I own a brand or I've got a brand, I'm creating a brand. But not many understand what a real brand is and how real brands stand the test of time. And to do that, you've got to understand branding in depth. Yeah, yeah. And how, how, how can someone understand branding in depth, though, if they know nothing about it? Um, for me, I mean, for me, branding and building brands has been my passion since I was about 12 years old. So I think what I would say to someone who doesn't is personally I mean let me not say everyone's passionate because sometimes you create businesses not for passion and I think the first thing is to study other brands like to study the leading brands like how they've built their brands study Nike study Starbucks study um, Vodafone or whatever it is whatever the brand is Apple like I've studied all of these brands go and look at read the books of the directors understand what they went through in the journey where was the pivotal parts of their brand where did it become a brand from actually just being an idea or a company like Go and watch these these documentaries. Like, bro, I don't... All I do is watch these things. Like, like, Grow Daily, the page, is a result of my life. Like, I am Grow Daily. The page is me. Like, I watch all of these videos, all of these podcasts, all of this content. I watch this, bro. Like, I'm not just sitting there and other people are doing it for me. So, if you want to get into something, what's the first thing you do? You study it. Be, before you can be a teacher, be a good student. And the thing that I pride myself in, I've always been a good student, go and study how to build a brand. There's countless books, countless documentaries, countless examples of brands. And now we're fortunate enough to have brand owners amongst us as peers. In the UK, we've got so many brand owners amongst us as peers. We've got examples left, right and centre, man. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love the fact that you, you mentioned education. I don't think there's any been anybody on the podcast that's been successful and they didn't educate and it wasn't a learn. I don't think I found anybody... Yeah, that's that's not done that. Um, I was wondering, there was another thing that I was thinking whilst you were talking about brands. Do you think like, do you feel like personal brands have become more prominent and important on the rise of, and this is not even a question I wrote, it's just something I was thinking, on the rise of influencers? Because as you mentioned Apple, then I started thinking, well, actually, there's actually people who are actual brands. They're actual, they are brand, you know? Yeah, I think... Per the personal branding thing, it, it started coming into play around 2016-17. Gary Vee was obviously a big forefront guy from this. But there's been personal branding. Let, let me rephrase that. There's been personal branding for years, yeah? yeah. P. Diddy's a personal brand. Like, there's, there's loads. But it became more of a thing for everyone to do before they made a business around that age, yeah? 
it has become prominent because we're in a different era and nowadays transparency sells more because we got into an era in life where, where social media started coming into play and reality TV came into play. And as a result of that, we got examples like the Kardashians. And these people, they showed that being transparent and showing who they are can allow them. Because let's be honest, before, I think, I've heard this somewhere, Kardashians, I think they were the first maybe reality TV stars or something like that, something along the line. The first reality stars to build a brand. So, and they have one of the biggest brands in the world, whether we like it or not. So these examples started building personal brands by being transparent. And then we got, we got tools such as social media, which allowed us to always show our life. So then we got concepts like document rather than create, and everyone started just filming what they was doing. And in the process of filming what you're doing, you start documenting your day-to-day. So if you're building a company, you start to realise, well, let me talk about what that's like. And then as a byproduct of that, you've created a personal brand. So to answer your question, they have become more dominant. Um, I think it's an amazing thing, but I think it's also very saturated. And I think the reason it's saturated is because, like anything, when we realise this works, we all want to do it. Do you get what I mean? Because most of the majority of us are sheep, believe it or not. So most of us want to do it. So now everyone wants to build a personal brand. And why I say cut the crap is because we can't all be a personal brand and we also don't all need to be one. Like... Because what we now have taken focus from is business. Businesses and brands are still amazing. For example, Tyra Creative, Tyra hasn't focused much on her personal brand. She's not the biggest, most known person on the internet, but her business is dominant and it's a successful business. So we don't have to always personal brand, but if it is done well, I think it's amazing. I, I, I think I am an example of personal brand and this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm on this platform now. Because it's not just about my brands, it's also about me and my experience. And I think if people connect with you, it's authentic, it's raw. And if you've given them it, like for me, I've been giving them content since 2012. I've been on the internet <laughs> forever, bro. So so yeah. I'm blessed where people can always go, oh, man, oh, 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 oh. They can connect so many dots. But that's important. To anyone who's out there watching this and just thinks like, yeah, okay, let me just start a personal brand because my business will blow. It might not because guess what? People might not like you. <laughs> people might not connect with you. And people might not care about your story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's the, yeah. Cut the crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this ties me, this ties me on nicely because I was, I was going through your page and, um, so I, I was sensing a bit of frustration about people making business seem easy, innit? Right. So, so, you know, okay. So tell us about some of the struggles that you've had. So you obviously told us about Rhapsody, but tell us, make it real for us. Make, make business real for us. All right. I'll, I'll give you some of the previews of Cut the Crap. So, so just to explain Cut the Crap, because um, I know it just seems like a hashtag. I'm just at the moment subconsciously branding it into people's head because I'm about to, and not, I haven't spoken about this yet. I'm about to put together a workshop and a 30 day of content. So I'm about to put a content series together and then a workshop, hopefully on the back of that. And then where that's going to go, endless, because I'm someone who loves to brand. So I'm probably going to turn that into T-shirts. I might do, oh, bro, it's endless. I, I, I've got the options and the, and the opportunities around me. Cut the crap is basically about, like you said, people making business and, and success. And even this life seem like can only go one way if you do this. Or if you do this, it's just so easy. Like, oh my God, just everyone become an entrepreneur. It's the best thing ever. Let's just all do it cut the crap because that's not true 
And to make it real for you, bro, going through Rap City, I hit depression. I, my, my health, I started having health issues. I was in financial issues at some point. Like, I, I lost certain friends because I just wasn't about it. It affected my relationship. Like, it was stressful, bro. It affected me and my friendship. It was stressful. It's hard. Like, you can go into debt. You can lose everything. I've been to the bottom since, again, since coming from the bottom. Like, I've been, I've been back to the bottom. And that's a result of business and not necessarily the best financial decisions and trusting in the wrong people and saying yes to the wrong things and endorsing the wrong things and putting my name to the wrong things. So business isn't easy. Building a brand isn't easy. It's not as simple as wake up at 6am every morning and then you'd be successful. No, because there's a man watching this that wakes up at 6am every morning and he's hitting his head against the wall because it's not working for him. And the reason why you might sense frustration is because I'm, I've got to the point now where... I came up like everyone else and I studied what everyone else studied and a lot of people made it seem like it was so amazing and so easy but I know better because I lived it, I've really done this, I've really built these businesses from the ground up so I know what comes with it. So when people make it seem like, oh yeah, forget your 9 to 5 and just jump into a business, <laughs> big man, <laughs> big man, sometimes you got to do that 9 to 5 for 5 years and stack yeah. your bread until you even think about making that jump exactly. because I've done it the other way around and it ain't easy. Like, yeah. I, I wish I had maybe stuck in a job longer than I did. I wish I hadn't moved out of my mum's house as soon as I did. I wish all these things. So this whole concept of like, oh, yeah, business is easy. No, those are some of the challenges. You might get hate. You might get negativity. It might go wrong. You might invest hundreds of thousands of pounds into businesses and it might all flop. You might get a pandemic come along and now your business don't work. Someone might come and take you out of the game. You might get competition that goes boom. Guess what else? The industry might change. We might go from three minute videos to 30 second videos and no one wants to sit and watch a podcast no more. Yeah. There's so many things that can change. So yeah. cut the crap, man. Like, let's get to the core of it and understand that the real key to being successful in business is being ready for change at all times, is being adjustable, is studying every bit you can, is always being ready to be able to go like switch it to pivot, like to know that you might lose all your friends, to know that you might fucking not be able to maintain a good relationship with your family, with your loved one, to know that you might actually have health issues and not even have time to go and fix them because you're so dedicated to proving a point, to know that you might actually lose yourself in this whole concept you're creating and you've lost yourself of identity. Do you know what I mean, bro? There's, there's, there's yeah, so much to it. But no one, well, not no one, there are people, but the majority don't go into this and everyone wants to yeah. look glossy and all we do is show, like, hey, I moved to Dubai, like, look at me, like, but bro, there was times where you nearly flipping, couldn't pay for your visa and got nearly got sent back to the UK, what are you talking about? Like, there's times where you actually don't know how to uh, sort out this rent and this ain't the UK, you're out, they'll send police, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it, it is not, and I think it's time that as people with platforms, we start to showcase the other side. So when a young kid is watching these things, because they do watch these things more than they watch TV. They do watch they it. watch yeah. these things, bro, and they learn things from these YouTube, from these platforms. Yeah. They're watching someone like yourself, someone like myself, and they're saying, right, you know what? When I go into this, I remember that Tris guy, when he started Rap City, he spent way too much on his unit, and he didn't need to spend that much up front because he started on a loss, and it was hard to get it back. So let me spend yeah. less. Let me not build my business based on my ego and who I am. In fact, let me not change my social media handle yet. Let me get to a certain level first. Let me not make the business too much about me. Do you know what I mean, bro? So yeah. I just think, cut the fucking crap, man. <laughs> 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 I love that, man. 
Love that. You said you said a lot. I know. I've been through it. I've been through it, man. I've been through it. And that's it. And and, and I love that you're sharing your experience because I think you're you're making it sound realistic. I feel like you definitely went through a lot of these situations, but that's why the reason why I wanted to get you on so that you could talk about your story and talk about your situations. Like you said, um, I think they've glamorized being an entrepreneur a little bit too much online. Uh, like you said, you know, make, make, you know, 20K or 30K in a day or something like, something crazy like that when we know it's it's not that easy. And there's, and there's like a narrative that it makes the, it makes people that are like nine to fivers, it makes them feel like they're not good enough. Like, I, 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 I'm not on that. I don't like that. Like, ZZ Mills, big up ZZ, like she tweeted about this yesterday. Like it's okay to have a job, bro. It's okay to have a nine to five. Like, and and okay. and not even just because yeah, there you go, bro. Like, and not even just because you want to fund something. You might just want to be the best in your company. Like, that's fine. You might not even want to be the best, and that's fine too. Like, we don't need to, and not everyone can be the top because then it's not the top anymore. And I just think people need to stop putting this narrative that there's only one way to do it, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's multiple multiple ways to do it it's just about finding what's like um good for you what why do you think you've been successful um right that's a that's a really good question um i would say i'm a good student first and foremost yeah i'm a very good student i i studied a lot of the people that were leading in wherever i go i end up attracting to the top there like the top in marketing, the top in branding, the top in sales back then, the top in the music industry, the top in entertainment. And I study them, habits, characteristics, mindset. I want to learn what the teacher learned. I don't just want to learn what the teacher's teaching me. Where did you learn? I want to go learn from there. And I think there's that. I think resilient. I'm proud as fuck. So just the, just the thought of failing for me is like not even an option. Like, I'm just too proud. Like, I've spent my whole of my 20s living based off of a Drake lyric saying, I've got to prove I made the right decision. Like, that's how I've lived my 20s. So, do you know what I mean? So, you see, like, having that mindset, I would say it's that. Um, and just ambition as well, drive. Like, I'm not a lazy person, bro. I'm I'm always willing to work for whatever it may be because I've, cause I know what success feels like now. I know what might have to be willing to be given up for it. And I'm always willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to sacrifice. I've learned along my journey. I've, 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 I've had egos and pride has got in the way, but I've known when to take it back. But my main, main thing to just really cut the crap on this is I literally just, no pun intended, I just grow daily. My mindset all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. I want to learn all the time, all the time. I can learn from you. I learn from this. I learn from anything, whatever I can learn from. I soak it in, bro. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I love that. And I think, again, I think that's probably, you, you've hit the nail on the head. That's definitely the reason why you're successful. You know, never giving up. And and you know what? Actually, one thing that I've got to add to that is risks. I've taken risks that people wouldn't take. Yeah. It's true. You've taken some mad risks. <laughs> You've taken some mad risks. It, no, let's be real. Like, you, during a pandemic, you shut down one business and went to Dubai. That's not... Not everybody would do that. I'm bro. I'm tired. I'm tired. Because I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it, man. I'm on it, man. That's how I am. I'm, I'm a risk taker. I'm willing to take a risk, man. Why, why, do you, why do you think you keep going? Like, what's the why as to why you keep going? At this point... Like, originally it was it was for my mum and my family. Like, I think most people from our backgrounds, like, it's always about helping your mum out, helping your family. 
at this point, um, I've always wanted to make an impact. Like I want to make an impact and I'm not impactful enough yet. My voice isn't loud enough yet. I've got a lot to put out there and a lot of experience that I think can help change and improve things. So I feel like now I'm so like attached to the vision, which is this impact, this making this impact on the world based on my lifetime that I can't stop now because I've got too much more to do and I've made impact. I've made impact so far. Like I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have people like yourself shout at me for, I, I know there's impact been made, but it is not enough yet. And that is nothing to do with me. I just think I was blessed with certain things that I don't think it's right that I go to the grave with. I think I've got to get it all out and pull it all out and leave it all in the field and just leave a trail so others understand what I just went through and what I learned. Yeah. And what, what, what does that impact look like if, if, we, if we say at the, you've, you've done it all? What, what does that look like? Making people's lives... Well, you don't know yet. You're just like, okay. No, do you know what? I do. And it's always been about... For me, it was always about the next generation and those coming behind. So that... Because a lot of times, people didn't give me game. I went and got the game. So you see that some people, like they, they have this whole narrative of like, no one told me nothing. People did tell me things, but I went and forced them to. Because I went and got it. But what I want to do for the next generation, the next generation, next generation, is here it is. You don't need to, here it is. And I want people to understand the main thing is that people start to personally develop themselves. I'm very, very passionate about that. And I don't just mean in business. I mean in communication, in relationships, in spirituality, in in health. Because like it's not, this is just, this combo is quite business heavy, but the chapter I'm at now and what the next set of content, cut the crap is going to be for business, yes, and mindset. But after that, there's going to be a lot of content focused on healing traumas, therapy, um, relationships, healthy relationships, like how to undo some of the things that we've done to ourselves and getting out of our own way. And all of these things, I think, weren't taught enough in the educational system. So to answer your question, the impact is giving it. It is... is in an ideal world, bro, I would love to have a change in the educational system. I would love to, because of me or because of my work, there was something yeah. in the educational system that was changed that gave kids growing up the truth, not Pythagoras' yeah. theorem, not algebra, <laughs> like the truth. Like what really does yeah. this life look like? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like what am I really about to step out into the real world and experience? Because I don't think they do in those classrooms. No, 100% they defo, defo don't do it. And, you know, I was having this conversation with my, my wife the other day. I think some the most important areas of our life, we never really got any proper education about it. Finances, uh, career, um, relationships, 100%. Right? mental health, health. 100%. None of, none of the actual the things. The things that matter, yeah, 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 100%. Being an adult. No etiquette. You're just kind of left to your own devices. Make your your mess ups, and then if you survive, is that survival of the fittest? If you survive and you make good, you're good. If you don't, you just fall fall off the you know the face of the the earth. Um, you mentioned something there that I wanted to like touch on. Um, where 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 you're talking about um, in terms of unlearning some stuff. Um, I think an unlearning that a lot of people 
sometimes have to do uh, is with feeling like they're imposter when they've even made they've made it to a certain bit and they're like can I do this can I do just doubt themselves you know and sometimes I get I, I get those doubts like am I supposed to be here so do, do you ever get that and and if you do how, how do you overcome it yeah yeah I've I've um, imposter syndrome I think I think I've had it all my life I think where it became where I, but I only realized this in the last year I think because my upbringing was so uh, polar opposites it's so easy to have it so when you're the only guy when you're the, for example the only black boy in the room or when you're the only one who goes private school so I was too too I was too um like Niki for the roads, but I was two roads for the Niki lot. Do you get what I mean? So you automatically start to develop a, a lack of identity and you kind of go through life searching for what where you belong because you don't fit there. You're not full on the roads doing the road thing, but you don't really fit there because you do have a bit of road influence in you. And I think going through life, it stayed with me. So I think every chapter that we've just gone through, I got to that point. I think I've only really uncovered that in the last year and that was as a result of me coming off the internet falling back from all of this and then realizing that whoa number one moving out my environment but number two realizing this is actually your purpose like it is your purpose you feel at, at your peace at your most peace and you feel most productive when you are creating content based on these topics you love this this is what you eat sleep breathe this is you no imposter about it you are meant to be that person you're meant to lead you're meant to this you're meant to that i'm not the i'm not the like i, I love doing the content but i'm not the walk in the room look at me person a lot of the time i'll be in the room and be in a, be in a corner like i'll be smoking a vape like in the corner like do you know what i mean so i think to answer your question yes i've experienced it I think the way to battle it and combat it is to really dig deeper. So if you've done the personal growth, but keep going, because the deeper you get, the more you start to really uncover who you really are, because you take away who, who you thought you were, what people thought you were, what you achieved. You take away all these things that you, over the last 10 years, take away the car, the house, the watches, the money, the, 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 take it all away. And then what are you left with? And what you're left with yeah. is you. And then once you get attacked, not, not even attached to that, but once you come to peace with that, you no longer feel like an imposter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely, I completely understand it. It's like you're saying, strip yourself back to the bare. Like, what is, what is your natural go-to? Who are you? Yeah, man. Take away the mask, bro. It's the mask. It's the mask. Like, we all live in a mask. We all live in personas. Personal branding has made it even worse. We create these personas and then we live in it. We create who we want to be, which is fine, but then we live in that. But we are not a persona like you and, and we can get mad deep here, but we're not going to go there yet. Like maybe that's for another combo, yeah? But we... we that's for when you come back to London, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> when I come back to London. But what, what we do is that we create a concept of us and then live in it and we can't take that mask off. So we've built our persona on mm. success, achievements, followers, likes, all these things that if God forbid they were to be taken from us, we wouldn't know who we really are. And then what, what happens is that you become a slave to those that mask. And then when things happen that actually shake you out of that mask, you don't know how to function because you forgot what it was like without the mask yeah. on, bro. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like just never, ever acting, man. I mean, I do feel bad for people like when you're, if, you're, if, if you think about it, like your profile, your, your online profile is, is how you're making money. You, 
and that's what you're doing 24 7 it's it's you know even your job your career it can become you you can become 100 100 we've got to be aware of it happening and and that's where like the, yeah. the, the grow daily principles the the like whether it's meditation whether it's affirmations whether it's what you listen to like we've got to remember that these things we create are bubbles they are not really us if you ask someone nowadays who are you they will nine out of ten times say what they do not who they actually are because 90% of us don't know who we are because 90% of us haven't spent time with who we really are because we're so busy bro like we think we have to do 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 we go to school and then uni and then job and then we never we very rarely we very rarely like the Italians they have a concept called dolce faniente yeah it's in a movie um eat pray love and it's the art of doing nothing and the concept of that is literally being at one with doing nothing being at peace with being minimal not achieving and adding and add 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 being at zero big up alex manzi like one of my guys he says this a lot on his content being at zero very important but we don't know how to do it because we're uncomfortable with it so because of that we don't really know who we are because it's all noise bro there's so much noise personas and brand and reputation but we very rarely strip to core i for one am unsubscribed from that life i i'm not living that life no more i don't care about what all of you lot out there care about i don't care about it i'm not subscribed to it i don't give a fuck about it you love it like, i don't care no more like i'm just doing what i love and being who i love and yeah. that's it i, I can't I've done that I did it for years I gave yeah. a lot to it and I don't want to do it no more do you know what I mean yeah I love that yeah I love that man and I love that you came to that realisation and I think it's a brave thing to do to be like look I'm not gonna I don't accept that this is who I'm gonna be and I, I, I and I love it and that's that's where you know I think it takes it takes a strong person to be able to to accept who they are accept what they are and just and just and just do that um Okay, so in terms of what what's next for you? Um, well, so what's next right now? Again, you see, you see, even that question is always about like tell them a hundred goals and you're like, what you want to do by the next year. No, forget all of that. For me, right now is exactly what I'm doing now, but consistently. What's next for me is what is now. I don't even care about what's next, to be honest, bro. Like it is what is now. I'm in the moment. I'm in the present moment. I'm loving life now. I'm loving what I'm doing. Tyra Creative is going to continue to grow. Yes, obviously, I still have goals. I hope that the plan is to obviously make that one of the biggest agencies in the world. Um, but my my focus right now is very heavily on the personal brand. I want to really lift up the Tris Taylor brand. That's why I, I was happy you reached out because I'm on all of this now. I want to put together, I want to start taking it more seriously because I built this brand by accident, bro. Like, I, I was just telling people what I'm doing in my life. Like, I wasn't strategically creating content i was just saying what i've done what i'm doing but now i'm sitting there and i'm getting my experiences together i'm organizing it that could be a workshop that could be a book that could be a podcast that could be a movie that could be a, uh, all of this that's in here and experience because as you can tell it's a wide variety of experience i'm putting it now into place and i'm going to consistently just be at it and i keep saying to people at the moment for the next year i am treating content like an up-and-coming rapper, yeah? Like, imagine a rapper who, like... Like, imagine a rapper who's had hits, but he's always been back and forth in the music thing. This year, I'm in the studio for a year, and I'm going to put my all in it, and we'll see where we are next year. I'm not watching the clock. I'm not watching the scoreboard. I don't want to watch the likes and the stats and the... 
I'm just going to do my best, put it all into this, this, and hope that it goes in. Well, not even hope. Where it's meant to go is where it's meant to go, bro. Ha, that's it. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's all it is. Okay, just, I love that. Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it now. It's not a rush. I'm not in a race. Like what I bring is what I bring. No one can be me. Obviously, in regards to like day to day life, I want to build more, achieve more things in Dubai. I want to make more of a name for myself in Dubai. I want to, in the end, to give you some of the because I know that I know the question was meant to be this. I was just being extra and going that way, but I'll tell you the the, the, the real answer is. I want to do. Um, I want to do. I want to put events on that are focused on personal development, but huge ones, stadiums like Gary V level ones. Not just with me. I want to bring people. You might see an event in Dubai for a Grow Daily webinar, a seven, seminar. Sorry, you might see. And this is just names off the top of my head, so let's not carry away with this. But you might see Mikey Trapstar, being Alfie. You might see Alex Manzi all on the lineup, and Gary V. You might see them all on the lineup. Those are the kind of things I want to eventually get to. So because my main mission is still the same. It's just showing people how to work this. Like, that is actually it. Showing people how to work this and everything else around it is just a byproduct. Okay, wow. I love it. I love it. I'm excited about it. I always like to hear about people's dreams because it's, it's always nice to hear what other people are trying to achieve and seeing it being achieved. I think that's, like, one of the best things um, that you can... That, that you that you can witness um yeah i just love the vision man it's 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 great um where can people find you everywhere man if you can't find me i ain't doing enough yeah simple as that <laughs> everywhere bro um everywhere okay you know what somebody you know what i had i had i had somebody in marketing right and i was like uh, she was telling me oh i was telling her something about coca-cola still spending three billion on marketing i saw that i saw that clip i saw that clip yeah she's like well they want to be so bro you never stop marketing (laughs) everywhere bro you still see a boosted ad today like i'm everywhere like podcast wise i'm back on my podcast game i'm just waiting to get back into my youtube channel i'm about to launch my third season of brand therapy podcast cut the crap concept is coming in the next few weeks um as i said tyra creative you're only going to keep hearing that name more and more and more and more and more um, and in regards to like finding, I'm on every platform because I understand my mission, bro. I'm on TikTok heavily. Mm. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Snapchat. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not playing with them. I'm everywhere. Wherever, wherever you want me to be, I'm a bee. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> wherever you, wherever you, wherever you consume, wherever you consume. If you, if you come around, if you shout me in a few weeks, say, Tris, I'm on this new app, Be Real. I'm a jump on Be Real, man. I'm gonna figure that out. Yeah, you need to jump on B-Real. I still haven't jumped yeah, on Yeah, I'm going to figure it out. I, whatever it is, bro, my finger's on the pulse. Like, I'm, I, I stay up to date. I love this media stuff. I'm, I'm really a big part of it. Like, I'm into tech. I'm into brands. I'm, I, I like to know what's coming, what's going, what social media platforms are changing. Like, I, I, I like to see the algorithm changes. Like, yeah, I know we're all hating Instagram right now, but figure it out, man. Like, you can work it out. Just adjust to what is happening. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, 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 exactly. Um, and do you have any final words for the people, listeners, watchers? Yeah, man. Cut the crap, bro. And do you know what I say? Cut the crap. Yeah, cut the crap from the business side of things that we spoke about today. But cut the crap from your life. A lot of stuff that you have and think you need or think you want, you don't really want. Cut the crap. Cut back. Like, we think we have to have. Sometimes you have to have not. Sometimes you have to free yourself. So cut the crap, man. Stop the bullshit. Stop the lies. Stop the mask. Cut the, just cut the crap. Like, bro, 
You are one of the first people, yeah, and and I promise you, one thing about me in the last 10, 12 years, every bit of content I've ever done always becomes relevant later, yeah? So this clip will become relevant again in a year, two years, five years, ten years. Trust me, I still post clips from 2013, bro. And this is the first time I've really, like, spoke about cut the crap publicly. And I, and so I'm happy, number one, I obviously appreciate you for having me on this platform, but number two, anyone watching this, like, Remember that phrase because it's gonna it is forget business. I don't I'm not doing this because I want it to make me millions. I actually want you to understand that if you cut the crap and you grow daily, there's no coincidence that these brands Okay, are, love you know that. Cut, cut the, the crap, crap and grow daily. I love it, man. Um I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast bro like oh, thank you bro I, i've been looking forward to this for 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 a, for a long time to be honest man. thank you bro um it's been it's been in the works from my perspective anyway for a while so i really appreciate it no and and, and keep going as well like i know what it's like bro when you first like reach out to people when you first grow on your platform like trust me man like i'm blessed with a good name it's hard oh it's hard oh i've been aired i've been i've had i've had one person stand me up oh yeah i've had it i've had it all but like for me Obviously, you get them down moments, but you just keep going, yeah. Yeah, just keep going because I've been there. I've been there, bro. Yeah, yeah. For me, though, like, for me personally, it's... My highlights of it is me getting to speak to people like you. That's highlights, do you know what I mean? I don't worry too much about people that don't respond or... It's it's just what comes with it. I'm like, it comes with it. Just got to do what I got. And you know what? One, one thing I'll say to you as well, bro, yeah, and it's something I've been speaking a lot on recently... They will all jump on after certain people jump on. I tell you that for free. Yeah. yeah. You see, you see, you see, you see, you see CEO Cast. Big shout out to CEO Cast Raheem, good friend of mine. When I jumped on, no one was on there yet, bro. There's been uh, many platforms I've jumped on, people weren't on there. I don't do that. Oh, who's on it? I just want it to be good quality. I'm with it. So you'll notice that yeah. they cut the crap from them as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I am, I am, I'm definitely, I definitely am. Yeah, man. I, hey, I've had all sorts. I've had, I've had somebody tell me, oh, you need to grow your followers before. Yeah, yeah I had somebody tell me do that. It. The way I see it is like, I am doing my own mission. I don't need to do use you for my yeah. mission. So whether you've got one follower or yeah. not, that's not my mission. I just want to know what you're about and your vibe. Exactly. If you can have good conversation, yeah. if you're gonna put the steam yeah. in the right way, and if you actually care about what you're doing, yeah. I don't care how many followers you got, bro. Yeah. Like as long as it looks like you yeah. care about yeah. this. Then I'm with it. Yeah, and I do, I do. I put, I put a lot of effort into it. So yeah, man, it's um, it's yeah. For me, it's just like yeah, it just comes with it. So I'm just like whatever in it. That's what it is. Um, but like you said, for me, I'd rather somebody. It's not about like what I can give you or you can give me. If you want to spread value, let's do it. Hundred percent, exactly. You can provide some value, right? And that's how you should see it. That like you should see that you want to. But a lot of people, like you said, they just. Clout. It's clout. It's a clout. Cut the crap. That's why they're not cutting the crap, my bro. They're not cutting it. It's a load of crap, man. It's the matrix. You gotta decode it, man. Yeah, gotta, 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 gotta decode it, man. But um, yeah, man. Very grateful for you. Nah, you too, bro. Thanks for having me on, bro. No, very, very, very welcome. Um, listeners, watchers, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Takeoff Experience. And yeah, we'll we'll see you in the next one.